Hello and welcome to the Canada Revenue Agency's Payroll Podcast. On today's show, we continue our series on taxable benefits by taking an in-depth look at automobile and motor vehicle benefits. These are some of the most complex benefits an employee can receive, and an entire chapter of the T4130 Employer's Guide, Taxable Benefits and Allowances, is dedicated to this topic. I asked our subject matter expert, Kira Turner, to break down some of the important concepts from this chapter, starting with an explanation of personal driving. Personal driving really is any driving you are doing other than driving you are doing to carry out your your employer's business. So traveling between home to work, uh, to your workplace every day, that's personal driving. If you drive on vacation, if you you know, run to the grocery store, if you run to the coffee shop. All those are examples of personal driving. You mentioned that driving from home to work would be included in personal driving. Yes, that is true. Some people may be surprised that that's uh, personal in nature. Could you expand on that? Why do we consider that to be personal? It's well established in court cases and it is CRA's long-standing position that costs associated with getting to and from work are personal in nature. And therefore, whenever an employer pays a personal amount for an employee or provides some sort of assistance, like the provision of a car, that would be a taxable benefit. So getting to and from work is personal driving. Okay. And what about if someone has multiple work locations? Travel between home and any regular place of employment is personal driving. So a person can have more than one regular place of employment. Uh, And in fact, a regular place of employment doesn't even have to be an establishment of the employer. Uh, An employee who has to, say, report to a client's premises uh, once every week for some sort of meeting or some sort of, you know, maintenance call or something along those lines, Mm -hmm. uh, that client's premises would be considered a regular place of employment because on a regular basis, they're required to report there. Okay. So if I understand correctly, you're driving from home to work, that, that regular place of employment Um, that would be considered personal. Yes. But what if throughout the day, um, you know, you're required to, you know, irregularly visit clients or or leave that office, that that regular place of employment to, you know, to perform other duties? Would that then fall within uh, business use or would that still be personal? Driving from from one regular place of employment to another regular place of employment would be considered business driving. It's the trip between your home and your first regular place of employment of the day Mm -hmm. that is considered personal driving. If you, however, go to a point of call, so say somewhere that you would do not regularly report, go from home to a point of call before heading to a regular place of employment, we would consider that to be business driving. However, as long as the sole purpose of the trip is not to... um, negate the personal element of the driving. There has to be a legitimate business reason to go to that point of call. Okay. So only the portion that's personal then would play into the actual taxable part of that benefit. The the, the driving that's for business purposes would be excluded from uh, being taxable. That is true. Any, as we've said in, in our one of our previous episodes, uh, it's a personal 
expenses or personal items that the employer pays for or provides to the employee, there are taxable benefits of employment. Usually, if it's, if it's obtained or carried out for the purposes of the employer's business, that would be, not be considered a taxable benefit. Okay. And do we provide specific guidelines as far as when we say this is a regular place of employment and an employee may have multiple regular places of employment, do we define that in any way? Is, where's the cutoff for what's regular and what would be irregular? I would say that uh, income tax rulings opinions have held that even as infrequently as once a month could still be considered a regular place of employment. Okay. So if that's the case, and there's a very important distinction between what's personal and what's business use, um, I imagine it's really important to keep records of um, you know, exactly when you're using the, the automobile for what purpose. Absolutely. Uh, records are the key to automobile benefits, and there's, there's no question about that. Uh, the employee should be keeping log books of their mile of their kilometers driven. The employer should know at the beginning of the year what the what the kilometers on the car are and on the end, and then the employee and at the end of the year, the employer can also read that because I mean the employer does own the automobile, mm-hmm. um, and during the year, it's the employer employee's responsibility to keep records as to which driving is personal and which driving is business. So okay. it can be kept digitally. You can have a GPS, you know, there's various ways to do it. CRA does not dictate how it must be done, but really the, it needs to be done. If in a compliance review situation, it is found that no records have been kept for the purposes of assessing a benefit, the CRA will assume that 20,004 kilometers in the year were personal. And depending on the make and, and uh, of the car, uh, so like the cost of the car, that can lead to a fairly significant benefit. So it's really to the employee's um, advantage to keep records. After the break, I'll ask Kira to explain the differences between an automobile and a motor vehicle, and how this affects the value of the benefit an employee may receive. Stay with us. The Canada Revenue Agency offers a number of videos and recorded webinars to help businesses understand their tax responsibilities. They give information on key subjects businesses may face, such as payroll matters, taxable benefits, what to expect from an audit, and more. To view our videos and recorded webinars, visit us at cra.gc.ca slash video gallery. The CRA's Payroll Deduction Online Calculator calculates federal, provincial, and territorial payroll deductions. It confirms the deductions you include on your official statement of earnings. The calculator also includes an option to make sure that enough Canada Pension Plan contributions and employment insurance premiums are withheld for full-year employees. It calculates payroll deductions for the most common pay periods as well as the applicable province or territory. The Payroll Deductions Online Calculator is available at cra.gc.ca slash pdoc.
It's important for employers to understand how the CRA defines an automobile compared to a motor vehicle because we treat them differently for income tax purposes. I asked Kira to explain how the CRA differentiates between the two and how the value of the benefit is calculated in each scenario. Well, an automobile is a, a vehicle designed or adapted to be driven on roads carrying not more than uh, the uh, carrying up to eight people, including the driver. I believe is the exact, it's defined in the legislation. So it's very specifically um, defined in the legislation. And then I I invite people to to look at that or to our, it's also in our T4130 taxable uh, employer's guide to taxable benefits and allowances. um, Mm -hmm. Because there's certain nuances, like certain types of things that might in some circumstances be considered an automobile might be excluded, such as if it's a clearly marked emergency vehicle or something of that nature, mm-hmm. like say a, a police car, like we'll say, a, I, you know, we're, I'm familiar with Ontario where the Ontario provincial police have what are often called Panda cars, the black and white police cars mm-hmm. that would usually be considered, uh, Automobile, except for the fact that it's a clearly marked emergency response vehicle. Okay. So in that situation, uh, so basically the definition for an automobile is very specific and anything that does not meet that definition is a motor vehicle. Okay. And why the distinction between the two? Well, there are several reasons I can think of. One, an automobile is much more likely to actually have a significant personal component to the driving. If, you know, you bring a dump truck home mm-hmm. for the eve- overnight, there's very little chance you're going to, you know, run out and do your errands in a dump truck. You're probably going to take the family vehicle. But okay. if your employer provides you with a nice, you know, sedan, why would you drive your own vehicle and, you know, have wear and tear on your own vehicle and, you know, when you could drive the employer's vehicle? and not have that wear and tear. So your own car will last longer. You're not going to need to make an investment. Okay. So let's say we've determined the car we provide to an employee is defined as an automobile. How can we calculate the value of the benefit the employee is receiving? Well, again, this comes directly from the legislation. There's very little um, wiggle room in the calculation of the benefit. An automobile benefit is comprised of two components, the standby charge and the operating expense benefit. The standby charge is designed to approximate the w- the value of the, the wear and tear on the car and the and, and recognize the not only the actual um, personal draw kilometers driven, although that is a component of calculating the standby charge, but also the length of time and the days that the car was available to the employee for their personal use. Okay. Uh, That's one thing I wanted to touch on as well. When we talk about the availability of the vehicle, um, could you expand on that? I mean, does that only include the days that the car was actually used or what if it's sitting unused in, in, in someone's driveway? It's still available to the it it's still available to the employee for the employee's use even if they're on vacation and have left that employee that employer vehicle in their garage at home they still have the keys and they could if they wanted to use it so avail so it it, it truly is availability not actual days used okay the second uh, aspect of calculating the value of an automobile benefit you had mentioned the operating expense. 
Um, could you talk a little bit about that and, and how that's calculated? Yes, the operating expense benefit are, is pretty much what it sounds like, the expenses associated with operating the vehicle. So if it's the employer's vehicle, the employer is also paying the insurance, um, often paying in for maintenance and things of that nature. It would not include things like you know tolls and thing, things of that nature, but the operating expense benefit is also benefits the employee because they're not paying for gas, they're not paying for maintenance, they're not paying for insurance. So they're receiving that benefit. Even even if they have, have a personal car and they have to keep insurance on that personal car, that insurance will be lower because they're not commuting to work. Okay. So the operating expense benefit reflects that. The employer can the employee can reduce the operating expense benefit if the employee reimburses the operating expenses to the employer. It can be reduced to zero. If mm -hmm. those, if that reimbursement happens uh, during the year or within the first sixty days of the new year, okay. So when it comes to the the value of an automobile benefit, we calculate the standby charge, the operating expense, and, and those two added together would equal the value of that of the would, automobile benefit. Would is that equal correct? the yes, those two amounts added together. It's operating expense standby charge plus operating expense benefit less any reimbursements the employee makes. Okay. Do we provide any tools or, or guides to help employers calculate that value? Well, as I mentioned, there is the um, T4130, Employer's Guide Taxable Benefits and Allowances, which explain, has an entire chapter devoted to automobile and motor vehicle benefits. Mm -hmm. CRA also has an online tool, tool called the Automobile Benefits Online Calculator, or as we like to call it around here, ABOC because uh, we love our acronyms. <laughs> uh, and that basically that you can just plug in the information as the employer, you just plug in the, the information and a number is spit out. I believe it now even has been enhanced to calculate the GST um, that needs to be included in the in the benefit. And uh, a kind of old school paper version, we have a form called the RC18, which is another kind of step-by-step -step worksheet that can be used to calculate an automobile benefit. Okay, so we've covered how to calculate the value of an automobile benefit. Um, we've yet to touch on the value of a motor vehicle benefit. Um, could you sort of uh, touch on how that differs from uh, the value of an automobile benefit? Well, there is no standby charge or operating expense benefit for a motor vehicle benefit. It's basically just the fair market value of the use of the vehicle. And what I mean by fair market value is the employer needs to estimate the um, the costs that he's paying, like the the value of the the value of the benefit that the employee is receiving. So the wear and tear on the vehicle, any maintenance costs, any gas, oil change type costs, any insurance costs, and those things all added together equal the motor vehicle calculation. But there's no there's no standby charge. You know, there's no charge for number of days um, in a year that the vehicle is available to the employee. In general, um, we do tend to accept the prescribed rates in uh, Regulation 7306 as a reasonable way to arrive at the fair market value of a motor vehicle. So that is, I believe, in the neighborhood of 55 cents per kilometer for the first 5,000 personal kilometers driven and mm -hmm. 49 cents per kilometer uh, for every kilometer after that. Uh, and if you calculate the, we, we CRA would accept the fair market value as being that calculation for the 
personal kilometers driven. We also allow an additional four kilometers, four cents per kilometer in the territories. Okay. So when it comes to the motor vehicle, then it's, you would um, sort of look at the logbook, um, look at how many kilometers were used for personal use. Yes. If there's, and then multiply that by the cents per kilometer. Exactly. If there's okay. 15,000 personal kilometers, you would multiply 5,000 by 0.55, and then you would multiply 10,000 by uh, 0.49. Okay. And what about the, the motor vehicle home at night policy? Could you explain a little bit about what that is? Um, when would that come into effect? The motor vehicle home at night policy is allows a reduced um, kilometric rate, provided there are very specific conditions laid on the use of the vehicle. So there has to be restrictions on the personal use. So the employer can say you can drive it to and from work, and that's it. Okay. And there has to be a bona fide or legitimate business reason why the employee has to take that vehicle home at night. It's not just a perk of employment. It's that, you know, the employee is on call and the um, vehicle is designed or adapted specifically for the employer's business. So say the employer is in some sort of uh, maintenance type of role and mm. the queue and, and the the van that they take home has all the tools in it and all the equipment in it that they need to carry out their duties. And so they have to be available to immediately respond to emergencies and don't want the it's to the employer's benefit and you know for the employer's business it it is so therefore it's a legitimate business reason that the employee doesn't necessarily shouldn't have to drive to the employer's premises pick up the repair van and then go out on the call okay so we got we offered them that reduced rate it's sort of a way of acknowledging that you know the reason you're bringing that home is to be better able to perform those duties so yes. you're available your employer if something is comes requiring up. you to bring the vehicle home because because okay. uh, this is this is a point that comes up sometimes when discussing the automobile ben- automobile and motor vehicle benefits when the employee says i don't even want to take the the employer's vehicle but i'm i have to it's a condition of my job so why mm-hmm. should i have a benefit well you have a benefit because you're still doing personal driving whether your re- employer requires you to do it or not you're still advantaged by the fact that you are not using your own vehicle to drive to and from work. Okay. And that has to be reflected in your income. But in we do recognize that in these specific situations a more a lesser calculation is appropriate. Thanks for listening to the CRA's payroll podcast. If you have any questions about the show, If you'd like to provide feedback or request a topic for a future episode, you can reach us by email at podcast at cra-arc.gc.ca. We'd love to hear from you.